What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the J-Ham Special, where I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40k, Dungeons and & Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John. I'll be the host for this episode of Warhammer Wednesday, where I love to talk about Warhammer 40k and Warhammer 40k Kill Team. Now, today's episode is going to be an introduction into command points and stratagems. For those that are brand new players to the game, you may or may not be familiar with this. I know that whenever I started playing the game of 40k, the only thing I knew was the command reroll, command point side of things. But if you are playing the core rules off of the free PDF you can download from the Warhammer community site, you might not have any idea what it means for stratagems to take effect. You might not know what command points are, and I'm here to help guide you around what the core stratagems are and how to utilize CP and build your armies up to make sure you're making the most out of your casual games of 40k and maybe add a little bit of a twist or maybe just some consistency that you and your friends are looking for. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Now, whenever you start playing the game of Warhammer 40K, you're collecting your models, you're building up your army, you have a couple different choices you can go down. You can either choose to say, hey, listen, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play super casually. I'm just gonna pick up the models that I think look cool, that I'm gonna have the most fun building and painting and putting on the tabletop, or maybe you just really like their abilities, and so you're just gonna fill whatever models you want to. Chances are you're gonna be playing in what's known as the open play side of things, which is a one of the three ways that Games Workshop sets up the game to play. It's the most permissive and open way to play 40K, and honestly, it's the one that I played the most and have the most fun with due to its flexibility and the ease it is to teach new people how to play. But once you figure out what kind of mission and what kind of game style you're going to be playing, you have to start building your army. You have to create that army list. And you can go one of two options. You can either go with the unbound army, where you are not restricted to any kind of building restrictions at all. You don't have to worry about force organizational charts. You don't have to worry about specific model battlefield roles or anything along those lines. But you do lose out on the command point or CP benefits you would receive if you were to go down the route of building a battle-forged army. Now, a battle-forged army is a little bit more complex. It's got a little bit more restrictions on it. Um, and for some of you that like that challenge, you might really enjoy this. And there's a lot of benefits for going battle-forged I'll talk about maybe here in a little bit, but just know that you gain command points if you go the battle-forged route. The command points, or CP for short, are a resource that you get to use as a general for understanding your army and being able to pilot the entire same cohesive force together. So if you are going to go through and play battle-forged, you are are going to be choosing one of the three super factions, be it the Imperium of Mankind, the Forces of Chaos, or the Xenos factions, you're going to choose one of those super archetypes or super factions, and then you need to build them up with detachments. If you're going down the battle-forged route of things, I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but try to keep it simple as I can, you get to start with three command points on the smallest version of the game, which is Combat Patrol. Three command points is what you'll use in order to buy the detachments to build your army up, which can be refunded back to you, and you will accumulate command points or CP over the terms of the game, just consistently for having this army set up. Because you did a little bit of extra work, you're putting all your bottles into the same faction and keeping kind of the same theme there, you do gain some pretty nice benefits with command points. 
unbound armies where they're not doing the battlefield structure or anything, they do not start the game with CP, but they can gain them via abilities and other rules that might be found on their characters or certain special gear or just by narrative play, depending on how you and your friends decide to set it up. If an unbound army would gain some CP, they can use it to utilize some stratagems out of the core rule. Now the first use that command points have is in the list building side of things. Before the game even starts, you can utilize those three command points to first buy your detachments that you're wanting to use. So since we're going to be playing a combat patrol game in this scenario, you'll be using a patrol detachment, which costs you two command points out of the three. Now the way it works is that it gives you an organizational chart, which means you have to have at least one troop and have to have at least one HQ unit for this to be a viable detachment. You can have up to two HQs, you can have up to three troops, and you can have up to two of every other battlefield role, except for the transport and flyers get a little bit of a different kind of ruling to them. Not getting in the weeds there, but if you do have a character model within your detachment, you can name them to be your warlord. By doing that, that refunds you those two command points you spent on the detachment, bring you back up to three command points to start the game. So hopefully it's pretty simple, hopefully it's straightforward and you guys are following along with me. It's alright if you need to rewind it or listen to it again, just listen to my soothing voice every single time. But after you've bought the detachment and after you've gotten refunded the points that you need by saying, yep, here's my warlord, this is my leader for the army in this detachment and I got my command points back, you can then allocate those command points to give your different units some different special relics or warlord traits depending on the stratagems you're using. Now, look into the list building side of things in the army. Um, sometimes, like with the Imperial Guard, you might be able to access the Imperial Heirloom's Armory. I, I forget what it's exactly. Maybe it's just Imperial Armory. But you pay a command point and you can put a relic on any one of your characters if you want to. So if you want to put the Death Mask Valanius onto your Lord Commissar to help him have a better invulnerable save and gain some wounds over the long run, you can do that if you want to by paying a command point and giving him that special artifact or that special heirloom or relic or whatever you want to call it. Just about every army has a way to spend command points to help buff up your different units throughout the game. So just keep an eye on your codex or codices that you're playing for the armies that you're building up. You'll probably find yourself some different ways to use your command points before the game even starts. But I've already talked a little bit about that in my list building episodes there, but I just wanted to touch on it for those of you that are like, okay, how do command points work? What do you use them for? What are the options with them? That's the general gist of what you can do with command points before you start the game. What I really want to focus on though is how to use stratagems in your command points in your game. Now again, mind you, if you're an unbound army, you're technically not going to have any command points available to you unless you and your friends are doing like a house rule or you have some kind of ability that gains you command points, you're not going to have any available to you. So you have to build that battle-forged army, and you'll have seven different stratagems you can use throughout the game to help give you different benefits. Now, in my honest opinion, the two that you should worry yourself about and really focus on the most whenever you're starting your games, the very first and most crucial one is the Command Reroll Stratagem. This core stratagem, you use it after you've made a hit roll, a wound roll, a damage roll, a saving throw, an advance roll, a charge roll, a psychic test, a deny the witch test, or you've rolled dice to determine the number of attacks made by a weapon, you get to re-roll that entire roll, test, or saving throw. 
this bad boy is kind of your catch-all. And it's going to help you with flattening out your consistency a little bit better for each of your games. And making it so that way if you're failing certain shots or certain saves, you can utilize command reroll. The biggest thing with a stratagem, though, is that you can only use it once during each phase. A command reroll is one of those that can be used across multiple phases. And so that's why this is one of the core ones that a lot of people like to use. Because in your charge phase... You can re-roll your charge. And then, as you're fighting your opponent in close combat, it's a new phase. It's the fight phase. So you can re-roll some dice in the fight phase. Uh, or if you're trying to save yourself from your opponent fighting back against you, you can utilize that. Or if you're doing morale, you can help kind of re-roll your test on that side too. Because you get to re-roll that roll and you get to use that re-roll across multiple different phases, command re-roll is probably the most used one. And it costs one command point to use or one CP to use. It is available to every army. And this is the one that most rules usually start off with and most casual players begin the game with and maybe never even stray away from. The other core stratagem that I like to focus on is fire overwatch, which itself costs one command point. Fire Overwatch, you use this stratagem after an enemy unit has declared a charge against one or more units from your army. One of the units that was chosen as the target of the charge can fire Overwatch before the charge roll is made. Now back in 8th edition, this was not a stratagem. And you can choose to fire Overwatch with as many models and as many units as you would like that are getting charged. Specifically in 9th edition, they're trying to help out some more of their close combat folks. And so instead, it's focused on, hey, you get to choose one of your units that are getting charged by your opponent, and they can fire shots back at them. This is done before any charge roll is made, so you can kill your opponent's models, potentially, before they're even able to waste their time rolling a charge at you. So if I'm playing with my squad of Blood, Blood Angel Assault Intercessors, and I'm getting charged by a bunch of Gene Stealers, I can choose to pay one command point in order to use Fire Overwatch and Fire Overwatch at them. The way Overwatch works, if you look in the core rules, though, and in this strategy, it'll tell you which page to find that on. In the book I'm reading out of here, it's page 73, but that just simply states that you make a normal shooting attack, but rather than following the rules for ballistic skill like you would on your normal data sheets, you have to roll a 6 in order to hit. After that, you do the wound roll, and you do the saves, and everything else like normal, but you just, because you're having to do it as a reaction, and you're having to stop your opponent and be like, oh crap, they're on us right now, and kind of firing from the hip, you're not going to be able to be as precise as if you were ready to go and ready to shoot your opponent. But those are the two stratagems I'd really recommend that you focus on as a beginner, getting used to using them. Fire Overwatch, you're only going to be able to use once, unless your army specifies otherwise. But it's a pretty handy one to have in the bag if you have certain weapons that are really good at taking down opponents in close quarters. One reason that people love flamers for the Imperial Guard or the Astro Militarum, depending on what coinage you're looking to use there, is they automatically hit. So whether or not you are having to roll sixes or not, you can use flamers to try and burn your opponent who is charging at you and hit every single time with the Overwatch. And it's a really good counter charge weapon for a lot of folks. But once you fire Overwatch once, you're not gonna be able to fire Overwatch again because you can only do it once per phase and there's only one charge phase for your opponent on their turn. Now let's talk about the other stratagems you can utilize out of the core rules. The other core stratagem is cut them down. 
You use this strategy when an enemy unit falls back. Before any models in that unit are moved, roll 1d6 for each model from your army that's within engagement range of that enemy unit. For each result of 6, that enemy suffers a mortal wound. So think about it flavorfully that if your opponent is within engagement range, like you charged into them, they say, oh, I'm going to try and flee, I'm going to try and run away, you'll pay one command point, and for every one of your models that are attacking them within that unit, and that's within engagement range of the enemies that are fleeing, roll a d6, on the sixes, you deal mortal wounds, saying that you're able to essentially slice them in the back. It is an attack of opportunity that you get to use against your opponent to help try and cut them down. The next is Desperate Breakout. This one requires you to pay two command points instead. You use this stratagem in your movement phase, select one unit from your army that has not been selected to move this phase, and which is in engagement range for at least one enemy unit. Roll 1d6 for each model in that unit, and for each result of one, one model in that unit of your choice is destroyed. Assuming that unit was not destroyed, it can now attempt to fall back, and when doing so, its models can be moved across enemy models as if they were not there. Enemy, or any model in that unit that ends its fall back move within engagement range of a model is destroyed. Assuming the model is not destroyed, it cannot do anything else this turn. It cannot attempt to manifest psychic powers, shoot, declare a charge, be selected to fight, etc., even if it has a rule that would allow it to do so after falling back. Now, I personally have never used Desperate Breakout, but this is something that you could do if you wanted to. If you had a specific objective like Slay the Warlord and you wanted to get through your enemy lines, if you're within engagement range of an enemy, you can choose to use Desperate Breakout and then move past your opponent. You just take a lot of risk that you get to move over your enemy models, which isn't normally what you get to do. Just think of it as you breaking through their lines, but then every time you roll a one on your models, you're going to essentially lose that model. And then if you cannot fall back farther than engagement range from your opponents, then you're going to also lose those models on top of it. And even more than that, you don't get to do anything after you fall back, even if you have a rule that allows you to do so after falling back, which is just a huge bummer and honestly, I don't know why you'd really want to use this unless you're playing a mission that maybe you have to get across in any lines or you have to go hold an objective or you're trying to go kill an opponent and you really want to make sure you break through the opponent's lines or at least just get your models out so that way you can fire upon the enemy if they have you surrounded or something. That's where Desperate Breakout's okay at. Most of the time though, I would usually just say, hey, cut your losses, let that model die in the fight phase and just call quits with him. The other downside is that Desperate Breakout doesn't say you take mortal wounds or anything, but rather that model is destroyed upon a one. So if you have somebody make maybe like a five wound model and you're wanting to desperate break them out of the opponent, if you happen to roll a D6 and you get a one, you have a dead HQ or character model that you probably want to try and keep alive. So the, the risk is not really there, but I can see where some potential gameplay could be there. The next core stratagem for one command point is emergency disembarkation. To use this stratagem, you use it whenever a transport model from your army is destroyed. So if you're riding in a chimera and you're playing the guard and it gets blown up, boom, that's where you're going to utilize this core stratagem. All units that are embarked within that model can be set up wholly within six inches of the destroyed model when they disembark instead of the normal three inches before the model itself is removed from the battlefield. So under normal circumstances, after the transport's blown up, all your guys are placed within three inches of it there, and they could also die to an explosion if that happens to happen. 
Whereas when you do this rule, these units are not affected by the destroyed model's explodes ability or the equivalent. Instead, you must roll 1d6 for each model you've just set up on the battlefield. Instead of one model that disembarked, your choice being destroyed for each roll of one. One model that disembarked, your choice is destroyed for each roll of one or two. Units cannot declare a charge or perform a heroic intervention in the same turn that they disembarked from a destroyed transport model. So typically the way the rules would work is that you would have to disembark all your models, they have to be wholly within three inches of the transport they were riding in. And then there was a potential that they would die for each roll of one. And then they can still also get blown up from the explosion of the vehicle if it happened to explode. So there was a lot of different whammies in there. You might be trying to think, wow, that's really wordy. Like, why would I want to do emergency disembarkation? Well, emergency dis disembarkation says you can go six inches away. And even if you're not doing the six inches, you're not affected by the explodes ability or equivalent if that thing happens to explode. So it's nice on that end. Just know that you are running the risk that rather than just ones being rolled to kill your models, ones and twos will slay your models. Think of it as if you're playing GTA and you're jumping out of your car as it's just speeding down the freeway and it's like, hey, I could die. Or maybe not depends on how well my fall goes that's kind of what you got to think about here the next one on the list is fire overwatch which i already talked about in detail there but again that's probably my number two strategy i'd really focus on making sure you get down to really help you out especially if you're playing against charging close combat focused armies the next is counter offensive which costs two command points in order to play you use this stratagem after an enemy unit has fought this turn Select one of your own eligible units and fight with it next. Now this is great in certain cases. If you have two command points available to you and your opponent has charged you, normally the way it works is that all of the charging models, they get to fight first. However, you can use counteroffensive and then you can fight before the other charging models go. So if you're playing Heretic Astartes and you charge me in and you also charge in with a bunch of cultists and you say, well, I'm gonna fight with the cultists first. Your opponent gets done fighting the cultist and then I choose my models and I say, hey, I'm gonna play counter-offensive and rather than giving your Heretic Astartes the opportunity to bash my Space Marines in with their power fists and everything, I'm gonna fight you first rather than allowing your other charging models to fight. Because typically the way it works is all charging models fight and then it alternates back and forth between each player starting with the opponent that it wasn't their turn. So this is one of those small little I'm going to pull a sneaky on you sort of things. It's not super overpowered or anything. I personally don't think it's worth two command points, but I've seen it work pretty well in certain games and helps sway the fight phase for a lot of folks. And then the final core strategy I want to talk about here is called Insane Bravery. Insane Bravery costs two command points. You use this stratagem before you take a morale test for a unit in your army. That test is automatically passed, do not roll any dice, and you can only use this stratagem once per battle. Again, it's not going to blow you away. I think two command points is a little bit overkill, especially since you can only use it once per battle. Um, but, I mean, morale is fairly easy to pass nowadays in 9th edition compared to what it was in 8th edition. If you're playing an army with a bunch of chaff models that have low leadership, maybe put some things in your list that beef up their leadership. Like for myself, I play company commanders running alongside my infantry squads and my special weapon squads who have a leadership of six. 
usually it's not very good, but then once you have that com company commander or like an inquisitor or somebody that's around them, you help beef up that leadership there and it really shouldn't scare you too badly. Not to mention the attrition tests, they work a whole lot differently where you lose one model and then you roll those things. If you don't want to deal with the morale phase, that's fine. Insane bravery can get you out in a pinch, but it's probably not going to be one of those that you use a lot. But again, I've seen it come up every now and then that maybe if you have just one super brutal or killer model left out of an elite group, like maybe a group of Hellblasters or Eliminators or something, and you've lost two of them so far and you want to make sure you still have that one, maybe sitting on objective or ready to shoot back at the opponents and take them out this time, then yeah, use Insane Bravery if you don't want to have to worry about morale. But effectively... That's all seven core stratagems you're gonna find out of the core rulebook that's available to every army that is battle-forged. Technically, they're available to unbound armies if your unbound army has a way to gain command points, but it's not necessarily gonna be easy for you to get a hold of those things. Again, just to kind of reemphasize, I'd really focus first on learning how to use command reroll, and then learn how to use fire overwatch, and then start playing with some of the other stratagems that are in the core rulebook, or maybe in your codex that you might feel that are pretty gamey or pretty cool to use, that maybe fit your flavor or fit your playstyle in general. If you're playing a battle-forged army, you gain three command points at the start of a small combat patrol mission. Look at the other mission sizes, such as Incursion, where you get six, or Strike Force, where you get 12, you know, or so on and so forth. Look to kind of figure that out, and you'll figure out how many command points you have, but I'm focused on the small-scale things here. And then if you're battle-forged army, you also gain a command point at the start of every one of your command phases. If you're playing an unbound army, you do not gain access to the command pointer CP pool, but you can acquire CPs through certain abilities that your characters or models might have. But overall, just know that the core stratagems that are out there are really there to help you make your army feel a little bit more consistent when they're throwing their punches or they're trying to save themselves. It's not a make or break. You don't need to play with these but it does make the game a little bit more engaging and fun. And honestly, it makes you feel not as bad that, oh man, I had one awful roll. Let's go ahead and use a command point reroll and hopefully it'll succeed for me. Maybe you have an insane, awesome weapon like a hunter killer missile that you want to use, but your hit roll failed. Use the command reroll, get yourself the other opportunity to hopefully hit your target this time. And just keep in mind, in order for you to use a stratagem, you must pay the CPs that are specified for it. The same stratagem cannot be used more than once during the same phase, and then stratagems not used during a battle round are exempt from the limit. Your unbound armies do not start with CPs, but can gain them via abilities and other rules, and if an unbound army gains command points, they can spend them to use the stratagems. So hopefully that helps you all out with understanding the stratagems and command points and building your list up using command points and detachments and the difference between unbound armies and your battleforged armies. And hopefully it helps your games feel a little bit more tactically fulfilling for you and hopefully have some fun with playing with those resources a little bit. But again, I've been John. Thank you for listening to the JHAM special and have fun painting up your models, rolling your dice, building your lists, and I'll see you on the next JHAM special. Bye.